welcome to Family Cycles Episode 1. So we're going to start this off with an interview with a guy named Sean Morrison. So Sean is a fellow Navy service member who rode his bike years ago uh, across the country covering over 5,000 miles with his buddy Jeff. Uh, we happened to cross paths with Sean through a mutual friend and uh, we got a hold of him and asked for his time to share some of his adventure uh, but to also uh, see if we could ask him just a ton of questions that we have in preparation for the trip that we're, we, we are planning on making. So at first we thought this was just going to be one long conversation, uh, but it ended up being so long that we broke it down into three different parts. So with that being said, here's part one of our interview with Sean. First and foremost, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to be able to uh, you know, answer our abundant amount of, of questions that we have for you. Uh, but before we actually get into the question part of it, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about, about, uh, about yourself, uh, intro, background, and whatnot? Yeah, sure. So uh, I graduated from Winthrop University in uh, 2012 in physical education. Uh, and so uh, riding my bike across America is about the only way that I've used that degree. <clears throat> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, then shortly thereafter, uh, I joined the Navy and I've been in the Navy ever since. Um, and this is what, like almost, almost a decade later. Wow. Good for you. Uh, well, thank you for your service. Yeah, you're welcome. So on the call, Sean, we have, uh, my sister, Ashley. Ashley, if you want to say hi. Hi, I'm Ashley. I am, <laughs> I'm the better of the siblings. <laughs> oh boy, it already started. Look at that. Uh, Ashley was also prior Navy. Uh, we actually joined on the same exact day, but uh, she, you know, just couldn't handle it. So she got out after 10 years. Ooh. No, I, I pursued better things. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll see about that. Yep. Uh, so actually now based off the, you know, recent connection with our biological family is the middle child. Uh, wow, so you just had to bring that up. <laughs> but I was raised as the oldest child, so I I feel like that that plays over, you know, being yeah. the middle child. But see, you always had those middle child tendencies, and now it just makes a lot of sense why. <laughs> as the youngest child, who has all the youngest child tendencies. See, <laughs> through the time, there's going to be a lot of timeouts. <laughs> <laughs> You just the get, you just get the best of, best of both complexes. There you go. Clay, Clay started it. Yeah, I started <laughs> it. Yeah. On the call is. Uh, so we also have Scott and Julie. Scott is our biological father that we uh, just connected with for the first time a couple of years ago now. And Julie is uh, his wife. Well, nice to meet both Never of you. Have. So uh, it's been quite the experience, uh, you know, getting to, well, one, finding out that, you know, we, we had a biological dad that we didn't know about. Uh, and then on top of it, uh, doing all the research and eventually years later, because it took uh, some, quite a bit of time, uh, we, we found him. And then the relationship that we have built with Scott and Julie and Kyle are recently discovered half-brothers just uh you couldn't have asked for a better ending to this story it's just been remarkable yep. and one of the coolest things that you know this whole thing kind of represents for us is i remember when we first i think it was either through the first phone call that we had or when we met you in person for the first time 
I had mentioned about the desire for Ashley and I both to do a, a transcon. And um, you had replied back by saying, oh, well, what's route? And I was a little taken back by that and a little confused. I'm like, wait, he knows routes for transcons? Who is this guy? <laughs> uh, kind of in a fun way, right? And then uh, I was like, yeah, I've thought about doing it too. And so like, it's just like the connections and the similarities for Ashley and I with Scott and also with Kyle and just how we've grown. So, and Julie, oh my gosh, she's like my BFF now after our trip out here and uh, her, their, their trip out to Maryland. Uh, And it's just, uh, it's been a great adventure so far. And this is definitely going to be just another piece of that and a very epic way. So uh, yeah, we're just really excited. And what yeah. was cool, what was cool about that when we talked about writing is I had almost given up on thinking I was going to do it. And oh, now wow. here, we are. here we are. We're going to do it. Hell yeah. Well, now we yeah. have to do it and Ashley yeah. can hold the cowbell moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that is welded with your name on it. That is not coming off. <laughs> So as entertaining as a cowbell is, let's go ahead and get back to Sean with some questions. So for the transcon, can you go through and just hit like a quick, because we're going to go into a lot of questions that I'm sure we'll get all the details out. But, um, you know, what what can you tell us about the transcon that you did? Uh, Yeah, so I started up in uh, Seattle, uh, Seattle, Washington, and I went all the way down the West Coast, staying on what is that Highway 1 and 101 all the way down, uh, which gets a little perilous at times. Um, and then in San Francisco, I took about a week long break there to meet up with some friends. Then I did this like giant arc thing up to the top of Nevada uh, into Utah. And then I went straight south because it was getting too cold. I was trying to outrun the weather and like some snowbirds. Uh, and then we went all the way down to Texas um, and then ran into Mexico for some breakfast tacos. And then left Mexico and then went straight across the southern tier to Jacksonville, Florida. Wow. When you were on the Utah route, did you use any of the actual Transcon uh, or Transamerica trail? So um, we can get into the, the trail trail bit in a, in a bit like because you, sure. you have some questions about like how I planned it and all. So by the right. time we get to Utah, I'm really just winging it at that point. So gotcha. I have no, I can't, I can't, I, I'll be honest. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. No worries. So going into, uh, before we get last question, before we get into, uh, the questions about your specific ride, uh, you have your upcoming book coming out. Can you get, tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. 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 Um, so the Kickstarter to, uh, help fund all of the publishing costs and, and all that is about to launch here in a, about seven days on March 1st. It'll last for about 30 days trying to raise a, a couple thousand dollars to get this thing published. And um, it's just about my, my ride and, and everything that I experienced, but it starts before the ride actually um, going into, you know, some, some failed relationships, uh, some, some family issues that I had, you know, my dad was like, how far do you think you're actually going to make it? Uh, and so that, wow. yeah, that sort of um, uh, lack of faith was really motivating uh, as I was trying to get punished, you know, that, that punishing climb over the Sierra Nevadas. Uh, I, I thought about that and it just sort of fueled me um, a, a, a lot of the way. And, uh, and then, you know, I also had a girlfriend back home. So I was dealing with all that. And then I also ran out of money, uh, got attacked by some wild animals. So it, wow. you know, it, it covers, it covers the whole gambit. 
Wow. Well, I look forward to reading it uh, one day. Well, it's got to get published first. So hopefully this Kickstarter is a success. <laughs> so going into the questions now. So the first kind of segment I have here is uh, inspiration. So um, the questions that we got, uh, I ha we have for you is kind of collaboration of uh, everyone here on the call. So um, for everyone else, if you have any other questions, feel free to, um, you know, ask them as we go. Uh, the first one I have for you is uh, what drove you to do this? Like, what was your motivation to say, I'm going to go ride my bicycle across the United States? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were was asking me that as I was going across. And my answer was just, you know, I, I really didn't have a good answer. So I was like, oh, you know, I watched too many documentaries and I got too inspired. Right. And so I just had to start writing. Um, but the, the more I thought about it, I was like, that's not a real answer. And I think in our culture, we don't have this defining moment where uh, a boy becomes a man, right? You know, a lot of other cultures have that, you know, rituals and certain things that they go through and say, hey, you're a man now. And so I think that this, uh, well, in retrospect, I know that this was my uh, self-imposed defining moment to sort of step out of my uh, childish ways and sort of grow into to who I was was becoming. Okay. So when you decided to do this, how was it perceived? Yeah, I know you mentioned your your father there quickly, but how was it perceived by your friends and family? Were they supportive or did, did they just think that you were crazy? Uh, a good bit of both, right? So my dad's side <laughs> of the family thought that I was crazy and I was never going to make it. Um, they said I should take uh, self-protection like a gun um it was just uh that, that was a whole different um response than my mom's side of the family who was super supportive because and i think this comes from perspective right because my mom's side of the family had uh, a cousin that uh, backpacked across europe and so wow. these sort of like long distance tours were you know known on that side of the family my dad's side of the family, a bunch of good old country boys, uh, they were like, no, nah, dude, you're crazy. Like, that's not, you're not going to make it. So wow. it, it was a good mix of both. Um, and, you know, the support and also the fuel uh, was, was needed. So it's a little bit of, you know, benefits on both sides, even though I'm sure it was difficult to hear people tell you that you're crazy and you're probably not gonna be able to make it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But then at the finish line, you can say, ha, I did it. I'm sure yeah, that was yeah. a moment in itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of tears shed at that point. And, um, you know, one of the craziest things is that my dad now, uh, is one of my biggest supporters for, for this whole trip. He brags about it all the time. He's like, dude, my son is the bomb.com. Wow. That's awesome. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. All right. So now let's get into the nitty gritty here. Uh, logistics preparation. So what, so you said that you already kind of went over the path from Seattle all the way down to Jacksonville. So why did you pick that particular path? And yeah, I guess why? Yeah. So um, I was riding with a guy named Jeff Buell, who was an Eagle Scout back in the day. And uh, we were at lunch one day in high school and said, hey, dude, you know, if you hike the, the AT with me, I'll ride my bicycle across America with you. And I was wow. like, cool, that sounds great. And so we have this pact that, you know, I have yet to fulfill. Uh, we haven't done the AT yet, but um, good luck. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Uh, and so we have this pact, but he's an Eagle Scout, right? And so they're very, uh, you know, linear thinkers, very to the T and, and need, need everything planned out. 
Me, I'm like, man, I don't care. Let's just go from point A to point B. If we head east long enough, we're going to hit the coast, right? <laughs> and <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And so we started off uh, with these maps from American Cycling Association. Uh, Jeff really needed some maps and some guidance on how to to go about this thing. And, you know, they were super helpful. Um, it breaks down everything from like places to stay, good gas stations to sleep behind, weather patterns, uh, terrain, like it breaks down everything that a touring cyclist is going to need. It's it's awesome. They're, they're a fantastic set of maps. Um, the only thing that like really got in, in, in between Jeff and I is Jeff was like, okay, man, we got to make it 35 miles, you know, and, and on the West coast, 35 miles when you're out of shape is a big deal. Cause that's just Hills all day. Yeah. And, um, it, especially pulling that trailer, which we'll, which we'll get to the trailer in a bit here, but, um, uh, it, we got to get there 35 miles. Okay. Well, you know, my, my, my knee is busted. Uh, we're getting rained on. We just got attacked by raccoons the night before I didn't sleep. <laughs> uh, I can only make it about 15. And then, you know, Jeff being the, the, the planner, he's like, dude, no, we've got to make it 35 miles. And then it creates a bit of a tension. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so the path that we chose uh, headed down the West coast was already mapped out for us. But once we decided, you know, let's, let's ditch the maps and just sort of use them as a loose guide. Uh, our path just sort of evolved, right? We wanted to hit the loneliest road in America. Cool. Well, the Grand Canyon's right there. Why don't we go see it? Awesome. Dude, it's getting freaking cold. Let's go South. Okay. I'm tired of this cold. Like let's outrun the, the weather. Uh, and so it just sort of evolved that way. So was it hard for you to be able to plan did you do like on a day by day basis what route you're going to take? And if so, what did you use? Did you just go off of Google Maps or I guess the, the real quiz, uh, reason why I'm asking this question is because, you know, not being familiar with the local area or going on a path that's already kind of pre designated as a bike path is the safety concern is is the shoulder wide enough? Is this a good path for me to go on if it's you know, not necessarily designated as a bike path? Like so what was your process in doing that from a day to day? Yeah, 100%. Uh, we found roads that were not meant for bicycles <laughs> at <laughs> all, ever not, not supposed to be there. Um, we even ended up on like an old Air Force base at one point And like, we were told to turn around because Google Maps like misdirected us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you can't always rely on Google Maps because of that. But uh, once we started hitting our stride, we were like, okay, how are we feeling? What do we think we can make? Right? Like, how far do we think we can go? and guessing the terrain because that's a big part of it those hills will uh grind on you mentally for sure uh at least they did everybody that we met and um we were like okay so we're going to texas texas is 100 percent flat that's what we thought right and so we start we're like okay we can hit 100 miles and turns out there's a place in texas called hill country and uh, we rode straight through the heart of it and it was just uh <laughs> it very enjoyable a, no we did not make 100 <laughs> miles i promise you that <laughs> it's where lance armstrong's from so that no wonder he's so good right oh there you go yeah um so the way that we picked our course was how far do we think we can make it what do we think the terrain is like let's look at google maps to see if there's any like long bike paths that we can get on uh to try to just get completely out of the way because when you're going through major cities like sacramento or Seattle, Washington, there's usually this long trail that just goes straight through the heart of the city. So you can bypass all the traffic. 10 out of 10 would recommend that because once you get stuck into a place like us, um, not Sedona, but Tacoma, 
like or just just cities right just big cities in general that don't have that and the stop and go traffic and the exhaust it just it's it becomes a bit awful yeah uh so if you can get sort of away from that or bypass them in, in, at all, unless you just want to go see, uh, you know, you can go, go sightseeing. That's a whole other, whole other story, but that's, that's kind of the, the way that we picked our paths is, is making best guesses. So is that something that you did the day prior for the next day, or would you stay a couple of days ahead of your intended path? On the West coast, we've tried to plan out a couple of days ahead. Uh, it ended up not working out really well for us. It cre- caused a whole bunch of tension between him and I, the further we got along uh, on the trip, the more we were like, go with, the, go with the flow and just sort of see what we can do. And we would just wake up, uh, get the jet boil going, get some, you know, eat our oatmeal and just check on his phone. Like, okay, where's the next campsite or like general area where we could sleep. Sometimes there was no city around for 300 miles, like in Nevada. So sleeping really wasn't a, a big deal, right? We just, well, we're tired, mm-hmm. let's just fall asleep. Uh, but if you're in a more crowded area, like on the East coast, you got to plan a little bit ahead, um, until you start getting into stealth camping, which is super fun. (laughs) So you mentioned going to having, having to turn around because you came upon an air force base when you're planning a day max two days ahead, did you find yourself, uh, as you went down whatever day path that you would end up having to turn around and backtrack a little bit in order to get onto a different trail? Uh, only a few times um, that did that happen, especially on the West Coast. Um, uh, backtracking really wasn't our style. Uh, we were like, oh, we can't get through it. Let's just sort of sneak around, right? Like, <laughs> I don't we'll make I'm it work. Up. Yeah, I really don't want to go back 40, 50 miles, right? Um, right? I think the only time that we willingly backtracked was uh, when we were in Nevada and there were these hot springs. It's probably 30 degrees outside and there's these natural hot springs. Um, but you had to go down what the locals called uh, an 800 yard road and a gravel road. And so we, we start down on this 800 yard uh, road that's on the other side of the mountain. So we had to climb a mountain to get there. And then on this beaten, like busted gravel path and we find the, the hot springs 10 miles down the road. <laughs> <laughs> so their their rulers are a little bit different Got yeah it. well when you're flying in a car it's a it's sure 400 yards no big deal All right but they started sleeting on us and hailing while we were showing up and when we pulled up there were uh there was this group of naked hippies out there and so that was <laughs> <laughs> it was wild <laughs> it was unexpected yeah yeah so how long when you guys planned this out initially like how long did you guys um afford yourselves in days to complete the entire trail versus how many did it actually take you yeah so that's a good question um we started with open schedules so we tried to just clear out as much time as we could with no real um uh, deadline because we've we've done that in the past where we toured across like south carolina we said, okay, we got, you know, seven days. Let's make it across, um, you know, South Carolina. And we would fail miserably. So we're like, okay, let's not try to justify that uh, on, on an entire nation, right? So we tried, <laughs> I, I worked at a camp, um, like a, a church camp, a, a summer church camp. And when that ended, right, I had no job. So I, I just moved all my stuff in with my girlfriend. I got rid of all my bills, uh, no car, you know, my phone, but that's it. 
and he had just graduated college too, uh, quit his job and well, didn't quit. He was, he was working at a bike shop. So they were like, yeah, we can't say no to you, you know, riding. So you, you, you'll have a job when you come back. And so we just left and, um, it wasn't until about halfway done. My girlfriend was like, you better make it home for Christmas. And so, <laughs> and so that's when we really had to kick it into gear because family was sort of, uh, wanting us to get back, but it took us three months, two weeks and one day. Wow. But, but we did 5,300 miles. So top and bottom left to right. 5,300 miles. Yeah. Wow. That is quite the transcon. I know that the Transamerica Trail, I think, is about 4,200. So, and that's a long one in itself. So, you guys did a thousand over that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we, we that big arc up to uh, Arizona or no, no, Nevada, it, it, it was a big arc. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you would break that down into daily average, what, what were you looking at? Oh, man. That's a, that's a good question because you know, I was working at a, a camp and I was just running around with kids all day, you know, out in the woods. Um, and so I, I had zero time to train. Uh, Jeff was training a good bit, but when we started, uh, I was just straight up fat and, uh, out of shape. So we would say, okay, man, you know, back when I was in college, we were doing triathlons. I could hit about 40, 50 miles a day pretty easily. Right. You tack on 60, 70 pounds in paneers and pulling, uh, probably, I don't know, I'd say 90, hundred pound trailer, maybe, maybe wow. a little less. Um, cause we, we overpacked, right. We had no idea what we were, we were doing. Um, we got probably in the range of zero to 40 miles a day. Uh, and, and some days we tried our, our hardest and probably got 20 miles uh, wow. on, on the West coast. That's just starting. Right. So by the end of it, we were trying to just outdo ourselves and we tried five centuries in five days. So that's five, uh, 500 miles in five days. Uh, and you know, we got pretty close. Uh, we failed because I met Liz from swamp people and I was like, you know, I'm not riding today. Like I'm going to hang out with her. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that show, but I was a big fan at the time. Got it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's on like discovery channel. I think, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So we were down in Louisiana and, uh, I was at a gas station and I saw this girl wearing a Swamp People shirt and it had Liz and Troy on it. And I was like, dude, they're my favorite on that show. And she was like, yeah, that's my aunt. Wow. She, she said, yeah, I can call them up and, you know, they'll be down here in a second if you want. And so they, they came over, brought over pickled okra and uh, we hung out in a gas station for like four hours. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing, but also sounds disgusting. <laughs> 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 no, it was pretty good. I loved it. It was awesome. Nice. All right. So, um, you already talked about the starting point, uh, which was Seattle. So how did you get, so where were you living when you started? Were you already on the West coast living or were you on the like East coast? Yeah, I was on the East coast. Um, I, I was, I graduated from Rock Hill. So that's sort of where home base was. That's where my girlfriend was at the time. So that's where all my stuff was. Um, and we flew connecting flight to like Boston and then, and then to Seattle. So we started, uh, in Seattle, uh, and every day, like just to keep us motivated, we said every day we're riding home, right? Like we're not turning back. There is no turning back. It's impossible, right? It's just get on your bike and go forward. Yeah. So that means, uh, you had to, did you have to carry all your stuff with you on the plane? 
Um, or do you like uh, procure a lot of your equipment once you landed in Seattle? Yeah. Uh, so we had five boxes, I think, total. Um, two, two bike boxes. Uh, and you can go to like a local bike shop or whatever and just say, hey, can I have a bike box that'll fit, you know, whatever type box or type bike you have. And they'll, they'll probably just give you one um, because they unbox them all day long, right, to build them. Mm-hmm. So just go there, grab that, grab a little bit of packing material, uh, disassemble your bike, throw it in there. And then we had a, a bike, uh, we had a box for the trailer. So we had to disassemble the trailer, put everything in there. And then we had a box for all of the paneers and all the gear, all like the cooking stuff and all the random stuff that we wanted to take. Um, so I guess, I guess four and then one for clothes, which was r- ridiculous. So is that what you shipped out there? Is that what you took with you in the plane or I guess on the belly of the plane, right? Yeah. It all went on the plane. Wow. Yep. Uh, okay. Jet blue was the most economical. Yeah. Like by, a, by a long shot, their bike, their bike box, uh, fee was super cheap. Yeah. Well, that's good. And I think uh, the way we have it set up, so Ashley and Scott and Kyle are all in California, uh, Southern California between San Diego and LA. I'm the only one on the East Coast. Uh, so I would, be, I would be the one that would have to take stuff out there to start West to East. Um, but I think what we're going to end up doing is um, driving out there and then the family actually being a part of the journey with us uh, as we go uh, from West Coast to East Coast. Oh, that's cool. So you'll have like a SAG vehicle. Yeah. So, uh, and I mean, Scott, if you want to talk about um, the intentions that you guys have with the the trailer, the the camper there. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll bring our van. Julie will drive that. <clears throat> we could even um, get a trailer that we could carry a lot of stuff in and put bikes in if we ever needed to, if something we broke down or whatever. Rack, yeah, but if we have a bike rack, we can't use the trailer. <clears throat> So I think in uh, just finding some small trailer that we could use for that and yeah. the van we can just carry all our gear in that. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good idea. You could also throw the bikes on top of the roof too. Yeah. No, we have a lot on, on the roof. Oh, so okay. okay. We have our closets on top of the roof. <laughs> and, our, and, our, and our food stuff. So it's, it's a well-organized van conversion i have a quick question uh what kind of tires did you uh have when you rode were they road tires or uh, cross cross bread tires yeah like a hybrid yeah um so they the i used a uh, surly long haul trucker that was the bike i used and when i i'm a 54 centimeter bike and in that version they only have 24 inch wheels uh, so I was using a 24 inch wheel, which is pretty small. Um, and so th- th- it only comes with like the hybrid style, a little bit fatter, uh, tires, but I got the slick ones. Uh, they're a little yeah. bit more expensive, uh, than the, the normal ones, but uh, they're slick so that I could go over the road a lot easier. Um, you know, over distance that made a big difference. Um, and then I got really tired of getting flat tires. So I got this like metal insert liner that, yeah. that you can put on the in, inside of it and that was crucial like that saved me so many flat tires because jeff didn't have that and yeah. he ended up with like 40 something flat tires and i ended up with like wow yeah. you see the metal insert liner yeah it's not like like a, a heavy aluminum but it's kind of like a thick plasticky like a 
sort of feeling metal. Yeah. So it probably lays in just inside of the tire itself between the tire and the tube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow. Okay. And well, then, I'm going to take a note on that one. If you have 700 CC tires though, they, uh, I don't know if they make it for that. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, actually I saw you on mute there for a little bit. Did you, uh, have some? Oh no, <clears throat> I'm good. Okay. Um, but, um, I did another question before I forget it. I wrote it down. Uh, is there another route you would have taken after, oh, question. after uh, doing all this? Have you found out things that you wish you would have done as far as uh, taking a route or planning a route? You know, I really loved the route that I took. Um, I got to experience the West Coast, the desert. Uh, I'd never want to experience Texas again in my life. Uh, <laughs> the, the, getting back to the South really quickly, like as quickly as possible, uh, ended up being a big game changer for me because I didn't realize how homesick I was. I, I didn't realize, you know, I, I love sweet tea. I miss the hospitality. I love Southern people. And, I, you know, coming from the South, I hated it, you know, but getting uh, away from it and then coming back, I, I learned to appreciate it a lot more. Um, so in that regard, I wouldn't change a thing except for maybe like bypassing Texas in any way possible. Uh, I've heard and Kansas is pretty awful. Uh, I've heard that too. I've had some buddies go through Kansas and they said, dude, I'd rather ride through hell. Um, wow. Yeah. So I heard Kansas was bad because of the um winds more so than anything is is that the reason why your buddy said that it was not a good experience yep yep he said no matter what direction you're going you're riding straight into the wind or getting blown off the side of the road uh and then there's just nothing out there it's just mind-numbingly awful wow. and then the road conditions are just awful too what time of year did you do this that's exactly the question I was going to ask. Yeah, my there you go. <laughs> it's like, it's like we're related or something. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, it just lined up to where, you know, summer camp was over. So I left September 1st, I started writing okay. September 3rd and then I got done sometime mid December. Wow. So, so the Southern route really was your best option because of that time of year. Yeah, there's no way I would have made it on the northern tier. Uh, in yeah. retrospect, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to riding that at some point, and maybe you know one day with my son. Um, oh, that'd be awesome! I want to get it done eventually. Yeah, we're looking at uh, even though it's still a, a ways out, and we have a lot of planning to do and uh, accommodating everyone's schedule. Uh, we've been talking about like May, June, July t- time frame. Oh yeah. So I think it would be okay, uh, but definitely not too, probably in the middle of the country would be, I don't know, the, the right answer, but we have a lot of planning to do. Yeah. How, what's your, what's your timeline looking like? Like when do you, how fast do you think you're going to get it done? So, uh, you know, right now because of COVID, the Navy has a, uh, a policy or I guess a, a leniency on their policy for terminal leave because, uh, I'm lining this up on my end with my um, terminal leave for retirement. Mm. And so uh, I can go up to 120 days through the end of 2023, which is the year I retire. And then um, the limitations are going to be with Kyle and with Ashley, because I mean, taking, you know, 60 days off is a lot of, a lot of time to take off uh, from Mm -hmm. any job. 
and then uh, Scott's retired. So his, his schedule is probably the, the most difficult to work with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, there were quite a few retired few people that I met that said, yeah, I don't own anything except for this bike and these bags. And I just collect a retirement check and ride around all day. Wow. That's, that's a little, that's a little epic right there. (laughs) He's, uh, there was, it was a uh, native American guy who really long braids and everything. He said, I think I've gone around the U S like eight or nine times. I don't, he, he he lost track of how how many times he'd done it. He said, I just ride. He's like the Forrest Gump of the bike link, the bicycle community. (laughs) The dude was so disciplined. He rolled in late at night. Um, I I talked with him for like an hour. He said, dude, I gotta go to sleep. Uh, he was down. I, I fell, I fell asleep. And then I woke up before the sun came up and he was gone. Wow. Like he was, yeah, that's just what he did. What, what, what was, what was his purpose purpose for the ride? Do you know? Um, I, I don't know. Honestly, he said that, you know, he didn't really have a whole lot of family here. Uh, and he just, he just loved it. It's just what he loved to do. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, when you, and Jeff did it and planned and all that stuff, right? Did you guys have, or I guess, you know, as you went along, you were planning a day or two in advance. Did you guys decide if you're going to push any like rest days in, build any rest days in for recovery, find it even necessary to do so? What was your take on rest days? That was always a point of tension because I always wanted to rest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was always like, dude, it's fine. Like, let's just take a day off, man. My butt really hurts. Like, chill. Uh, You know, I was also battling with like a knee injury uh, from camp. Um, I think I had like torn or sprained something in my knee. Um, So I needed a little bit, you know, more recovery time than he did. But uh, we, we didn't plan any recovery days unless we were somewhere where there was something to do. Like in San Francisco, it just lined up to where, you know, a bunch of our friends met us in San Francisco for a week. So that's why we stayed there a whole week. Right. And that was a lot of fun. Then the Grand Canyon, of course, we're going to spend a, day, a couple of days there. Um, yeah. You know, and just things, things like that, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, as, as you went through, you kind of, had that conversation. Sometimes it ended up taking some time. Sometimes it didn't. It's kind of dependent. Right. And then uh, everybody that I've, I've met that has done a tour got sick at some point. So, wow. Yeah. Um, just build that in somewhere too. Okay. <laughs> now, how, um, how, was your, how was your fitness as you went along? Did you get noticeably better as you? Oh yeah. Ex- exponentially. Um, yeah. 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 By the time that I reached, uh, San Francisco, I thought I could take on the world. Uh, I lost, let's see, I started off at like 185. I got down to probably 160 at some point, but by the end of the tour, I was back at 185. Um, so it just ebbed, wow. ebbed, ebbed and flowed. Uh, I, I got my nutrition. Um, I, I found cheaper sources of food, uh, and, and more of it. So I was able to eat a lot more, um, and then build that muscle up. Yeah. So that, uh, that added weight was in muscle. Uh, yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. 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 Clay, you have hope. (laughs) Thanks, Ashley. (laughs) I appreciate it. Yeah. I got all this family to support me right now. Look at this. (laughs) Yeah. Let me also just go ahead and say that for Christmas this year, Ashley and her husband, Ryan sent me a cowbell with my name. Uh, I I don't know, like, uh, soldered into it. Uh-huh. Be- welded. So, like, they can it was, it welded. Was, it was welded in. Oh, well, thank you. Can't you. Take thank it you. Off. 
Yeah. So they can hear me uh, from the back uh, if they lose track of me because I'm quote unquote so slow. So Listen, thank you, Ashley I, and Ryan. No, 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 no. It's not just us. That was, we didn't get the kettlebell from anywhere. That was from Scott. <laughs> so this you know, was a group effort. We, we yeah. know Bush is trying to support you, man. The only yeah. reason you're going to be in the back now is because the cowbell is weighing you down. That's all. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> you guys. Oh, the banter on this trip is what I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> so that concludes part one of our interview with Sean. And I must say for our first recording and our first interview, I think we did all right. Uh, I'm sure as we move forward in these recordings, my editing skills will get a little bit better. I know it kind of uh, ended abruptly. But hey, uh, no promises here, all right? So part two will follow in the next day or so, and part three should be out next week, hopefully. Uh, That's all we got for today. Thanks for listening.